more bikes. Morebikes.co.uk Hello everybody, welcome to another podcast for morebikes.co.uk. I'm the editor of Morebikes um, and the editor of Motorcycle Monthly, the free motorcycle paper, also look after the app. My name is Tony Carter and sitting alongside me as ever is the delightful Carly Ann Smith. who has nothing. Shut up. <laughs> you, you, well you are, basically you just don't have the title alongside it. Um, and all the title gets you is grief. Um, <laughs> But uh, I should point out that Miss Smith is full of snot at the moment. She's coldy, she's blocked up, and old Lego head is suffering a little bit. So Obviously, if there is a... That makes me sound very attractive, but in case I sound <laughs> slightly nasally or have to cough halfway through, that's obviously why. Yes, because you are full of goo. I'm not, it's not that bad. Anyway, Lego head isn't well, so uh, <laughs> she's going to struggle through this as manly as she can uh, <laughs> to make it sound pretty good. <clears throat> She has, however, oh, I should really say, she, if, you haven't hear, if you haven't heard this before, uh, this is just a ramble really about motorcycles and about our lives. And usually there's um, stuff in there about films as well, because I like films, mate. Oh, I like a good film, I do. Well, you so, tend to ruin the ends for people, don't you? Because you tell them what happens. <laughs> well, if you haven't watched, well, my favourite film is Blade Runner. So if you haven't watched Blade Runner, I won't, I won't ruin that for you. It's very good. Go and watch Blade Runner. If you how have you missed Blade Runner? It's, it's like... also probably men- worth mentioning as well, the fact that we're not eating anything. Yes, normally we do this over a lunch break and we're eating uh, our lunch, which involves lots of crisps, uh, chocolate, chocolate and biscuits, biscuits sweets, and coke, and, yeah, stuff like that usually, but we're both uh, off the junk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, off the, I'm off the junk purely for uh, uh, physical reasons. Um, I was packing a little bit of timber back on. I lost a lot of timber, and I was packing a bit of it back on. And it's not long until we're in the launch. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh dear God. Um, and we come up to launch mode, so uh, the the rubbish eating will not be happening for a while over these things. And Carly's got a cold, so she doesn't feel very hungry at the moment. Um, but anyway, now what's been happening in the past week for us? Uh, Carly has been out to Italy for the Motoguzzi launch of. The El Dorado, El Dorado and the Aldachi. Is that how we're saying it said yeah. now? The Aldachi. I was there and I wrote it down phonetically. Aldachi. Aldachi. Okay, right. <laughs> so so the for... Italian accent sounds a lot better than a Yorkshire one like me. Yeah, yeah. The Aldachi son. The Aldachi. Um, well, good. On the El Dorado. Um, so for those people who <clears throat> don't know what these bikes are, uh, they could go on morebikes.co.uk and read your review on they there. They could read the full review on there and see me looking <laughs> tiny on two you massive look bikes. so <laughs> tiny on those bikes as well. But for people who aren't aware and haven't been on there to have a look yet, but no doubt they will do once they've heard yeah. this, just explain what the uh, what the two bikes are. Okay, so they're both um, big V-twins from Moto Guzzi. You say Moto Guzzi, I say Moto Guzzi. I say Moto Guzzi because I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. I say Moto Guggy. Guggy. <laughs> You said Moe Googie. <laughs> I say Moe Googie because I'm not. Basically, they're two new models that are based on the California. Yeah. So um, anybody that's kind of been around bikes will know all about the California. You went on the original launch of the 1400. Yeah, that's um, right. Not the original <coughs> launch. That's what makes me sound like I was around in 1973. <laughs> you won't. No, Shut <laughs> up. Um, but basically, they're two massive hulks of machines. Yes. Um, both, with, both with the biggest... Uh, V-twin engines made in Europe they yep. said um, 
and basically they're both aimed at different people. So the Eldorado is more aimed towards the traditional motocrossy fan uh, with its pinstriping and chrome and footboards, uh, whereas the Audacci is more aimed at kind of the younger demographic, so those who are kind of into their Ducati Diavels and that kind of big muscle bike looks. Yeah. Um, both got the same engine, um, same power output of 95.2 brake horsepower. Point 0.2 is essential to know. Point 0.2, it makes all the difference. It really does. Um, the Audacci has got slightly more torque at 89, um, whereas the other one is 88.5. Pound feet. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both well heavy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, this is a, this is the thing with the Californias. I I found, I and mean, let's call them Californias because effectively that's what they are. They're versions of the same the same platform. But when I rode the California fourteen hundred on the launch, I think it was three years ago now, and then I rode the updated version a couple of years ago. Um, for me, the chassis was beautiful and the engine was really it's just really nice, lovely bikes to ride. But I can imagine that if you're not as experienced a rider, which you're not, I'm not, it's fair to say, you're not as, ex- you're not as experienced a rider as I am, because no, exactly. I've been doing this, I've been doing You've this been riding for longer than I've been 30, born. 30, thanks, <laughs> 30 years. But, um, no, I can imagine the weight is a bit of a worrying factor. Did you yeah. think, because what do these weigh? Something like 300k or something? Yeah, the Eldorado is 314 kilograms, yeah. whereas the Audacci is slightly smaller at 299. Right, okay. But, I mean, to be honest, once you get going, they're fine. Yes, yes. It's the manoeuvring them around, and also, even though they've got the same seat height of about 740 yeah. millimetres, um, they, the Audacci feels higher. It feels as if the weight's higher and I don't know whether it's because of the different style bars. They've got kind of a straight drag bar yeah. rather than the um, the bullhorn ones yeah, on the, the Eldorado. Yeah. It just felt a lot more difficult to manhandle around. Yeah, because it will put you in a more prone position with a straight bar. You're actually leaning into the bike, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, so. so I found that one a little bit of a reach. But I mean, to be honest, they've got a massive parts and accessories catalogue. Yeah. So it might be that there are some alternative bars coming yeah. out for that. But no, I mean, out of the two, I thought the Eldorado was definitely going to be my favourite. I looked at it on paper and I thought, oh my God, that looks amazing. And actually, the Eldorado would be the one if I had £15,000 that I'd pick. 15, out of the two. 15 grand is a <laughs> lot of money for a motorcycle. Yeah. That gets you an R1, a Yamaha R1, which I'm not being rude about the motor goodsies at all, but the R1 has a raft of technology on there that the goodsies don't. The goodsies is really well made, beautiful Although, motorcycle. Uh, just to play cash. devil's advocate, um, in terms of technology, <clears throat> these have got three different ride-by-wire mats. Um, so you've got kind of performance, sport, and comfort. Or yeah. whatever. Um, it's all in the review, so if I'm getting it wrong in my <laughs> cold-filled state, then that is why. Um, they've got three different stages of traction control. So in, in fairness, even though they look quite primitive... Yeah, they have a they level have of tech. They have got a lot more tech than I kind of expected them to have. And also they're part of... Um, I'm rambling now. You know how you were saying about the RSV4 RF, yeah. how it's got your multimedia platform. Yeah, V4 this MP. Has got, this has got the same, yeah. the same sort of text. Part of the can, same group. They're all part of the yeah. Piaggio group, so they're, they're seeding across that range. So basically, you can connect your smartphone, you can have it as a, an extended dash, you can data log, you can GPS, and also, obviously, it's kind of come over from the Vespa stuff, but there's this Find My Bike feature. <laughs> we were all laughing going... Find my bike. Where have I left my fifteen thousand pound bike? I'm not quite sure. But in fairness, in a big car park, maybe, or at a rally or something like no, that. If no, <laughs> no, no. If you lose your fifteen thousand pound massive behemoth of a good sea, you're an idiot. 
Yeah. Or drunk. And if you're that drunk, you shouldn't be looking for your bike anyway, let's face it. But no, I mean, I was really, really impressed. And to be honest, riding a bike that weighs five times more than me was a lot more um, comfortable than I expected it to be. Really? Because you haven't had much experience with the bigger... Bigger no, bicycle. I've ridden what a few you ride last year. What did I encourage you to ride last year? Was it the Diablo? Hi- no, it's the Is it the Hayabusa? Now that is a big, chunky bike with a yeah. massive engine and loads of torque. Yeah. Not a bike for the faint-hearted. No. You were quite worried about it, weren't you? Slightly. Only because the biggest thing that I'd ever ridden, obviously I've got my Yamaha R6 on the road, and then the only other thing that I'd ridden was my mum's Ducati 750S. Right. So up until the Hayabusa... I'd never ridden anything bigger than a 750. Yeah. So you're kind of there with the keys to my ultimate kind of iconic machine that I'd grown up looking at, going, take it out for lunch. And I just thought, oh my God, I don't think I can. And you kind of build things up in your head. Whereas that was like the best lunch hour of my entire life. <laughs> yeah. I came back in, didn't I? And you were watching from the window and I had the biggest grin ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, an um, amazing motorcycle <laughs> to ride. And mm. I'm, I'm, I remember you saying that with the Busa. It was just the engine. You, once you felt comfortable mm. on it, within a couple of miles, just playing with that yeah. engine, it's like a turbine. It was. I'd never ever been on a bike where I'd wished for straight roads before. Yeah. <laughs> but on that one, I was thinking, oh, for God's sake, Lincolnshire roads, just straighten out a bit. <laughs> but no, I mean, it was. It was. Yeah, that was an experience. But I mean, completely different to obviously the Eldorado. Yeah. Um, just a completely different kind of pace of life. Exactly. And exactly. I was riding around Lake Como thinking. Do you know what? I could probably do this. Stick a big rucksack on, just go for an adventure. Um, I never kind of thought I'd be of that mentality, but well, that, that was good. Well, those bikes are bikes from uh, the design guru, Miguel Galuzzi. Mm-hmm. Galuzzi has been involved in almost all of the great motorcycles yeah. uh, that you know, um, certainly from Italy. He was the guy who invented the Monster, and basically that bike saved Ducati. They were, they were on their arse in terms of finances, mm-hmm. and then Galuzzi came up with the Monster. Um, because that, basically he did that off his own back um, I, I must I did a big interview and a big feature with him about it I must dig yeah, that out and pull out more bikes I met him actually over on the launch because he was there right. he's like head of Piaggio Design Centre he's just head of cool he's just head of being Galuzzi isn't he he's super but, cool um, <clears throat> but no he was lovely really really nice I said oh have you, have you got five minutes for a quick chat and he was like for you I have 15 and I yeah. was like oh thanks strange that when a girl pretty girl comes <laughs> up to him and says you got you got 10 minutes me I had to fly out to California uh, oh tough life but I had to like spend two nights trying to get secrets out of him yeah. in the end he gave them to me but yeah he's a really nice bloke but what's quite interesting talking of secrets um, when asked whether because obviously the, the range is quite quite heavily tilted towards the larger capacity stuff. Yeah. When I asked him whether there'd be space for a smaller capacity machine, yeah. he said that they were working on something. Yes. Uh, which was quite a nice little snippet. Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, I... Thanks, you never said that about Yeah, no, well, before. you know, I had to I show you... I chat rubbish. I had to throw you a bone eventually. That was I? interesting. It's only, it's only attrition that's got to this point. <laughs> but when I, spoke to, <laughs> when I spoke to him, I said, I said to him, look, what's next? What are we going to see from you next? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, I can't, obviously I can't tell you because, yeah, I'm, I, I'm paid an awful lot of money to come up with advice. I'm not going to tell a, a, an annoyance oh, like you. No, I was going to use a really rude word. Well, no. Which is the <laughs> word he used. But I thought, I better, not, yeah, I, better not, I better not say that. Um, he said, I want to tell somebody <laughs> like you. And I said, okay, well, give me some idea. What direction? You know, and, and this is the point I was going to when you were talking about how nice the goods are to ride at that sort of sedate, taking the world pace. Because he's designed them to be ridden like yeah. that. 
And if you get your head around that, it changes the feel of the bike mm-hmm. and, and, and everything, which I think is cool. But he said to me, if I tell you 80 kilograms and 50 brake horsepower, mm-hmm. you know where I'm going. And that was Galuzzi saying that. So I think what we're going to see are bikes that are much more about a type of ride mm-hmm. rather than... I genuinely believe we're going to move away from the all-singing, all-dancing, adventure, all-rounder type motorcycle. That'll be the, the next phase will be you'll buy a motorcycle for your specific type of rider. Yeah. So whoever, you know, say somebody doesn't really want to go very fast or doesn't really want to do massive miles, mm-hmm. it's almost like we're becoming cool enough as, as motorcycling. Now, we're becoming cool enough to go, you know what, a superbike looks very nice or the big adventure bike looks very nice and I really admire it, but I've got this little mm. weird, funky Italian modern thing that makes 50 break and I'm really happy with that. Mm-hmm. You know, don't judge me, I've got what I want. And I think that, as consumer savvy is where we're going to go next. We're going to all be able to just walk out and not feel, this is going to sound ridiculous, but if you've been in biking a while, you'll know what I mean by this. There's a certain pressure. You know, if you're, if you're I'm, and I don't know if, if the blossoming raft of ladies that are coming into motorcycle and possibly use field just the same way as guys do, but certainly when I was growing up as a kid, it was, you know, 252 strokes, 352 strokes, RDs, RGBs, then you got into a 600, then a 750, then a superbike. And yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty much a predetermined path. Whether you wanted a superbike or not, you sort of ended up on a big 750 mm. or a big foul, or you know, when the blade first came out, everyone was like, oh, God, flyback, God, flyback. Real rush for it. And now I think with the adventure bikes, it's kind of started, but we're going to disseminate almost into more niches within niches, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, you kind of see that because there's like a load of custom 125s yeah. that some seriously cool people are riding. Yeah. And you're like, they just don't... At the end of the day, and I think from from my point of view, anybody on two wheels deserves respect. Yeah, exactly. Because they're out there doing it. Always if, nod, always wave, no matter what they're on, always nod. If you're out there, if you're out there, brother or sister, <laughs> uh, if you're out there, fair play to you. Yeah. We're all out enjoying ourselves. Because I always think there's a kind of um, a separation between the riders who are all weather riders and they think that people that put their bikes away during the winter yeah. aren't real riders. Yeah. And that's that's not true. If you decide to ride your bike throughout the winter because through choice or because you've, you've got no other means of transport, yeah. then fair enough credit on you and make sure you keep wrapped up and keep safe. Yeah. But if somebody has the, the kind of... Oh, I can't even think of the word. <laughs> oh, the choice... Yeah. Um, if somebody has the choice of not riding and they decide not to, then that doesn't make them any less of a rider. No, no. In my opinion. I agree with you. Although saying that, there was a group of lads <coughs> once I saw. This is just reminding me of something. I went to the NEC. That sounded like a poem. No. There was a group of lads, lads that I once I saw. Once I saw. Um, yeah, I'm trying to come with a poem now. Um, no, I went to the NEC. This is a long time ago. 90. 93, something like that, for the old style bike show. It was late, it was late on in the year, as it always is. And it was a bit cold, but it wasn't too bad. And me and my mate pulled up on our bikes, got off our bikes. These lads pulled up in a car, you could see them, you know, 20 yards away or so. And um, they got out of their car, opened the boot, I swear this is true, then put on boots, jackets, oh, no. took helmets out, put their stuff in the boot of the car, and then walked around the show wearing their bike stuff. I really hope they did it for a bet. I really <laughs> hope they did because if they did that genuinely thinking yeah. that's what you do, it, it was shocking. Aww. 
which like my mate bought a set of American Dream Pipes for his XS750 and then we had to try and get them home on the back of two 250s two RGB 250s these stupid long exhausts strapped to rider and the bike I once heard about a motorcycle courier and I don't know whether this story is true I think I know the guy gone is it something to do with the washing machine yeah 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 yeah, yeah. is that a true story yeah 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 he, he, he <laughs> delivered in London he delivered a washing machine on the back of I'm going to get this wrong something like a CX500 a maggot and uh, do you know who that man was? Yeah, I do, but I didn't know if we were identifying him. Mr. Christopher <laughs> Moss. A bit of a legend in our game, a tester of some repute and a lovely bloke, an old mate of mine. I never um, knew if that was a true story. Someone told me and I was like, no. Because yeah. another journalist was picking up after he'd been, he came to the launch on a, on a motorcycle. Yeah. And on his way back, he'd arranged to pick up a guitar that he'd bought off eBay while he was out there. Yeah. Arranged to pick up a guitar. And I was like, how, how are you even going to get that back? And he's like, that's nothing. Chris got a uh, washing machine to somebody's yeah. house in London. Washing machine. He turned up for this job and it was a washing machine. And Mossy being Mossy did not want to lose the money. So he got Jeez. a rope and he put it on the back of this thing and, and rode it. Unbelievable. I'm sure, I haven't made this up, I'm sure that in a bar one night, Mossy has told me about it and said that uh, the handling was a little bit light. <laughs> He's basically wheeling everywhere. As soon as he put a bit of power down, the thing just lifted the front wheel. Dear. But it shows the uh, tenacity of London yeah, Courier. Yeah, that is serious commitment. Uh, those guys are brilliant. Not as mad. The London Courier is not as mad as the French Courier. I once had to follow, well, I didn't have to follow one. I was going around the uh, Perifique outside of Paris and uh, totally lost. Before the days of sat-nav, I didn't have a map. I just had a bit of tape on the tank with my direction sort of written on it, the old, the old trick. And I was completely lost in the Perifique. I didn't know Paris at the time. I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And suddenly this courier sort of comes past me at Warp Factor 9. And I thought, wow, he looks like he knows where he's going. I'm going to follow him. So we were filtering can't even remember the bike. We were filtering at probably faster than you go on the motorway on the Perifique oh. between lanes of traffic. I was just following this guy and I was kind of really scared but also it was one of the most exciting yeah. things. It was like that old, have you ever seen those old Ghost Rider videos? Mm. Old French dudes. Oh, yeah. The original one who died unfortunately but uh, you see some of his videos going around the Perifique and stuff and he is on the super bike he's just like a GSX-R750 mm. all painted black. He was this anonymous guy mm. for a while. And he'd just post these videos. and we'd, or, or the videos were sort of very underground at the time. Where you'd get a copy of a video and you'd watch it. And it would just be like this guy going nuts on the road. And uh, it, was, it was like that. I've never been more scared, genuinely never been more scared on the public road in my life. That is funny that you said about that bit of tape. I remember my first day here, I came with... Um, I'd drawn a map. Nice. <laughs> now, people that know me will know that my geographical knowledge... He's shocking. It's like, rubbish. Really bad. You can barely find this shop opposite the office. <laughs> if you point me in the general direction. But it is getting better and I'm getting better with like main roads and stuff now. Good. General direction well of places. How old are you? Uh, 24. Yeah. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> but on my first day here, I was like, oh, I better turn up on a bike. You yeah. Know, set it out. Yeah, got to be right. Yeah. Get everyone to gotta do the job I'm, right. I'm the new, I'm the new girl. Um, and basically, so I'd drawn the directions on this piece of lined paper with like pick, turn left at pick your own strawberries um, at the big tree with the flag in the garden go right got here got yeah. here on time yeah. genius sellotaped yeah. my tank in a plastic wallet in Love case it. it rained great <laughs> what I neglected to think about was the way home because obviously I'd done it all like turn left at pick your own and all that kind of stuff 
but I'd not done the reverse direction. Was it just reverse in your head? No, but I couldn't. I totally forgot. And I ended up getting lost for about two hours. And I remember coming in the day after and everyone was like, do you get home okay? And I was like, um, no, I got lost. I just carried on. I was obviously too excited about what a fantastic first day I'd had here. But you numped it. That's ridiculous. Just... It is ridiculous. I know my way now. Oh, good. good <laughs> I yeah, do it without sat yeah. and everything. Yeah, years of it. The scary thing is I only live three miles down the road. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually see the office from your house. Not true. It's like 45 minutes away in my defence. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, we'll leave that to one side because you're starting to really embarrass me now. Um, other things that are going on. Embarrass you or yeah. me? No, I'm associated with you through this, oh. aren't I? Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> uh, other things that are going on. <coughs> coffee, coffee. Um, coffee, coffee, coffee. coffee. Uh, other things that are going on. A TT is uh, just about to get underway, or has just got underway. By the time you read it, uh, not reading, <laughs> hearing this. I think you're getting my cold. Shut up. Um, uh, by the time you're hearing this, we'll, you might actually be just coming into race week on the Isle of Man. If you're listening to this in America, on uh, Stitcher. Yeah, I said it right this time. Stitcher, man. Uh, If you listen to this in America.com and you've never seen the Isle of Man TT races before, just Google them. They are incredible. They are the best thing in the world ever. And I include uh, the films of Mr. Ridley Scott in that. I think the TT is cool. Um, it's a race on public roads, uh, roads are closed obviously, and the race around the old course, it's called the Mountain Course. TT started out on a thing called the Clips Course, and then it got extended to the Mountain Course. Um, for over 100 years they've raced on the island, it's brilliant, the course is 37 and 3 quarter, 37.83 I think you'll find Tony, <laughs> uh, miles uh, a lap. <laughs> and the lads go out on super bikes, they also go out on super sport machines, they also go out on lightweights, which are the 650s, predominantly Kawasaki ER6Fs. Um, and they go out there and they're superb. And the senior race at the end of race week on the Friday, if the weather's good, is six laps. So they have uh, two pit stops. They pit stop at the end of lap two and lap four. You'll usually get the guys going round racing against each other um, occasionally, but uh, it's normally against the clock. So they go out and they race against the clock. They go over Snaefell Mountain. It's brilliant. True legends of the game uh, are guys like John McGuinness, who's currently on 21 TT wins. Uh, His all-time hero and my all-time hero too is a man called Joey Dunlop. Um, Unfortunately, we lost Joey a few years ago after a crash um, in uh, Estonia. Um, But Joey is the all-time record holder. He won won 26 TTs out there. Um, And John is, uh, you know... Sometimes, sometimes we all believe John's trying to get to 26 to match his hero, um, and other times, you know, I, I don't think John's focusing on it. I think John's just focusing on the next year, the next race, really, as you've got to do when you're out there. Let's make no mistake about it: the TT is flipping dangerous, um, but more power to the elbow that it still exists in this in this world. I think in this day and age, you know, because nobody holds a gun to the boys' heads. They go out there, they all line up, they all know the risk. And take my hat off to anybody who's gone out there. You know, uh, we've got an old mate who works here, Malk Wheeler. Yeah. He raced in a load of TTs, um, got on the podium as well. He's a fast boy, is Malk, uh, and he's the publisher of Island Racer, which is the TT book that I produce every year. I edit that and put that together. And uh, so Malk and I have real love for the TT. 
Malk's out there now. We're trying to get out there. He can't get out. He went to fly out from Birmingham and the plane got turned around and landed back because the weather was so bad. Good. Just what you want for racing on an <laughs> island in the middle of the Irish yeah. Sea. Um, so Malk's out there now and I'm going out next week. Um, going out by bike, aren't you? Going out by bike, yeah. I'm going to take the KTM 1290 Super Adventure that we've got um, on fleet for that because it's got panniers and it's just cosy and it's a great Heated seats. Yeah. It's got the semi-active suspension. So stick that in comfort. Stick the throttle in super aggressive sport mode. Um, and it's 161 brake or something like that. I did the launch of it. and yeah. Just an amazing motorcycle. Really, really good. Um, I love it. So I'm taking that. But today, today, today. Tony has been like a kid at Christmas today yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. bouncing around like Tigger I can't wait I can't <laughs> wait because my uh, my bike for this year is being delivered um, at some point today it's the Suzuki GSXS 1000 um, so looking forward to that K5 engine you've been mega excited to get oh that. my god I can't tell you <clears throat> I'll be finally I'll be so happy when it gets here because well I don't know actually because am I going to be more annoyed with you talking about it all the time going oh, I can't <laughs> wait for it to get here or tell me how great it is once it's here. Yeah, it's going to be great, I'm Can sure. I have a go on it? Yeah, of course. I'll let you borrow the KTM RC390 for the afternoon. Awesome. Pick a route. Pick a route. Pick a route. We'll ride out there on one bike each, and then we'll swap, oh, yeah. and then we'll ride back. Yeah, we'll do that. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Wicked. Um, yeah, so the GSX-S is arriving. It's been a long time coming. There's been all sorts of issues with them. Um, you loved that, though, didn't you? As soon as you... Because it, it came out, didn't it? Um, we got the, we the got last the, year. We got the scoop pictures, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, um, and you were like, oh, this bike's amazing. I love it. And then, yeah, it'll be nice for you to finally get one. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get on the launch of it, which was kind of annoying, but only because I was... On another launch, elsewhere that I can't say because <laughs> you always rip into me as soon as I mention Australia. Oh, <laughs> so I'm not going to say where I was. For those people that might not have listened to any previous podcasts or been within about 100 miles of Lincolnshire, <laughs> you might not know that that Tony actually went to Australia to test the Yamaha R1. Yeah, and the we RM. heard like and the RM and yeah. the XJR 1300 and the XJR. We literally did not hear about anything else for about three months before he went. And then we were getting updates while he was out there. And then as soon as he got back, he was like, Australia, Australia, Australia. Yeah. But I'm really glad that you had a nice time. I did, thank you. I think, and, and I crashed and I hurt myself. So. Yeah, see, I was going to be kind then. No, I, was that. It was a bit, I just think it was a bit of karma. Karma, karma yeah. turned around and looked at me and went, you're having a nice time, aren't you, son? <laughs> Here you go, pop three ribs. You're riding, yeah! riding a great track on, on a really good bike. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 just to have a tip off. That and the fact that I rubs riding like an idiot. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So I didn't get on the GSXS launch, so I haven't actually ridden this thing yet. And it's <laughs> arriving today. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. It looks like it's going to be mega. It's based around the GSXR... <laughs> K5 uh, which was the 2005 model K and then the model year 5 um, which it was one of the most awesome road bikes Suzuki has ever produced uh, it's slightly different obviously the chassis is slightly different to a K5 it has traction control it has to meet emission laws which the original bike didn't have um, but so looking forward to it I do hear that the uh, fuel fueling on it can be a little aggressive Oh, boo-hoo. It's a GSXR without a fairing. It's going to be a little bit aggressive. If you can't handle it, man up and get off the bike. 
But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it is. So looking forward to that arriving. That made me laugh. Well, do who? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, really? The MTO9. When the MTO9 Yamaha was launched in Croatia, I was on that launch, and the fueling on that was way too aggressive, low down. And all the testers who were on that launch, to a man, we all turned around and said to Yamaha, "It's too aggressive." Um, purely because of the market it was aimed at. Mm-hmm. The GSX S1000 is aimed at a market that are buying <clears> this bike or will buy this bike because it's a GSXR Thad yeah. K5 uh, with a more upright riding position and mm-hmm. three-stage traction control. So it's slightly different market. It's not like yeah. a, a new rider or a rider who wants something a bit calmer, like mm-hmm. an MT-09. So, you know, I, I, you know, I've heard some of the lads say, you know, the, inject, the, the fuel is a bit harsh. What about that um, MT25? Oh yeah, the MT25 or MT3 or MT300 or what? There's a lot of rumours going around about it. I did put a call into Yamaha as soon as I heard about it. This is the new bike that we're expecting to appear kind of around now, June time-ish. It's the latest in the Yamaha MT factory uh, family and it's, it's essentially the R300 but without a fairing. Now, there's talk of an MT, there being a 250 parallel twin mm-hmm. for the Indonesian market, you know, the emerging markets, Asia, yeah. South America, very important to the next wave of small motorcycles coming through. Um, there's also talk that it will be a 300 by the time we see it, but it'll be another MT, so they'll go, crikey, MT125, MT125, MT MT07, yeah, MT09, yeah. Which is but, fantastic. I mean, in the UK, because I was saying, because I went on the launch of the MT125, and I loved it, I thought it was great. We did the YZFR um, and the MT in the same kind yeah, of weekend. Yeah. And that was, I thought it was brilliant. I've ridden the MT07 as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they were giving them away with free restrictor kits, not giving them away. <laughs> Honestly, I thought you were going to say cornflake packets or something like that. <laughs> Collect five tops, P1, and get your own MT07. Well, in fairness, if you think they're good, then at the price that they're at, you they are technically giving them away. I'll save myself there. They are selling them, sorry. What's with the RP on them now? Oh, Rough, I knew roughly. you were going to ask no, that. Roughly, roughly. What? 25 grand, £2.50. No, Give me no, a rough idea. About, four grand, four and a half? I think, yeah, between four and six, I'd say. Please between, don't between shoot. four and six. <laughs> Please don't shoot me if I'm wrong. See, I was going to say something about four six nine nine. Um, what I would suggest people to do is go <laughs> on the website and have a look. Which the I website being morebikes.co.uk. But yeah, what I was going to say was they yeah. are selling them at whatever retail price um, with free restrictor kits. So if you've got an A2 license, yeah, um, you can buy an MT07, have the restrictor kit fitted, and then when you decide to get your full license, you can then have the restricted kit taken out. So, in my mind, that kind of eliminates the need, really, for an in between an MT125 and an MT07, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's for us. What we're seeing now is global marketing for the emerging markets, which is what everybody's been talking about for the past three or four years, you know, emerging markets, South America, Asia, Indonesia, etc. Because they're shifting bikes by the millions out there. And uh, what they don't need are bikes that are massively dripping with tech. They no. need bikes that are fun, lightweight, reliable, real reliable, really nice to ride. Yeah. And all the manufacturers have, have built like bikes accordingly. You look at Honda and the CB three hundred, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all they're all going down that market road, and these bikes are going to be quite interesting. Looking forward to seeing it. We do have a promotional video for the MT twenty five, MT three, whatever it's going to end up as. 
Um, but Yamaha have released a, a promotional video for it and it's on the More Bikes website. So if you find the story about the MT25, it's in, in, our, in our story in there. And it's quite a nice little promotional video. Yamaha have gone mad recently with their promotional videos and just to put showing wheelies and stoppies and it's like yeah. the MT stuff's amazing though yeah, isn't it? they're really, all in those really cool shark helmets and yeah the shark roars and yeah. then their sort of fishnet body armour vests looks cool uh, I shouldn't really I'm going to write I'm going to tell you a very quick story and I shouldn't say this because I don't really want people to hear this and well, this is probably the wrong. No, no, no. Just contact an EHO. Oh, I don't think that's very safe. What's EHO? Environmental health. Oh. Right. Anyway, so we're on the launch in Croatia of the MT09. Yeah. Uh, never been to Croatia before. Wonderful country. Definitely going back. Love it. I know someone from Croatia. Do you? Interesting side. Yeah. Thanks Not. for that. Thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, so we're at the launch, right? And usually launches. <coughs> um, I'm saying this to you, Carly. You've been on launches, but so everybody understands. Usually launches. You turn up, you're usually a bit tired because you've had a rubbish trip or whatever. Then it's straight away, it's glad handing the factory. Hello, nice to meet you. Oh, you see engineers and people that you, you know who've developed these bikes. So you have a quick drink with them and then it's like, right, we're off for the presentation. Yeah. So you go for a presentation where they tell you about the bike, the history of it, why they've built it. And usually they can be fairly dry affairs, usually in some hotel conference room. Yeah. Thinking, cool, I'm hungry. I wonder what's going <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, stop talking, I everybody. The yeah, we're, yeah, we're proper hungry now. We haven't pocket, eaten. Pocketing all the notepapers and pens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a notepad, thank you. Yes, don't mind if I do. When, oh, I when's, bring one with me. When's dinner? Um, so we're a bit, we're a bit, we're a bit like that. And um, but we went, to, we went to the MTR nine one, and Yamaha with the amazing Jeff Turner. Uh, who is uh, like one of my all-time favourites in the industry, old Jeff. Got some stories about Jeff. Jeff, if you don't give me bikes, you know, I'm going to sell some of those stories, mate. But Jeff Turner was there. He's like, right, come on, lads, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go and um, for the launch. So we get this minibus, and everyone's like, going, oh, we're going for a meal. And he's going, no, nah, not quite. Then we could turn up at this like warehouse, and like windows are smashed. It's proper rundown, but it's like, okay, all right, this is where the local hoods of Croatia get our wallets and passports. And we walk in and there's braziers with fires coming out of them inside and there's like a, a thing being projected on the wall, you know, MT09, fun, excitement, all this sort of usual corporate it's nonsense. It's like dark side of Japan. Yeah, that's it, it was the dark way, side yeah. of Japan, yeah. There's this really nice engineer, a real fun guy with a silly beard and a flat cap called Shun Miyazawa. Yeah. And I'm Shun is brilliant and he wears like these weird denim dungarees. He's just a cool guy and I like Shun a lot. And, and we all get to know Shun because he's like the chief engineer project leader or whatever. Yeah. And he's really cool. And uh, Shun was there. Already he'd had a drink or two at Shun. Uh, like I said, I probably shouldn't say this, but hey, what the hell, I've started it now. Well, what are they going to do? Um, so Shun was, <laughs> Shun was already already one over the eight, which was great. And we're all having a beer and we're chatting away, we're chatting away, we're chatting away. And suddenly I'm aware that these two massive like warehouse doors are open at either ends of where we're standing. And it's night time, there are bats flying around and we're inside. And... Uh, I'm like thinking, well, this is a bit odd. Why are these doors open? Why would you have these doors? And then we hear the bikes start up oh, outside, wow. and it's like, okay, all right, this is pretty cool. And two MT09s came through with the lads wearing the sharp mm. raw helmets and the, like the fishnet body armour uh, jackets. And they came through, and they just wheeled through the warehouse. Wow. Like, but it was so cool, because yeah. nobody had said to us, uh, lads, you might not want to stand there, you might yeah. want to come over here, or stand this side of the line, please. Yeah. It was just like... Well, there's, there's going to be some journalists. They'll have a drink inside them, and they're going to be wandering around in there. You're wearing dark visors. Yeah, you're wearing dark dark goggles, and it's a dark warehouse. 
don't think any of them are going to have any lights on them, these journos. <laughs> so uh, when you do really through, you know. Yeah. Uh, See, if that was in the UK, everybody would have to be stood behind a barrier wearing high, high vis <laughs> and hard hats because of the warehouse being dead. Exactly, exactly. And somebody with a megaphone going, right, okay, we're now going to do no, the clear. surprise wheelie. <laughs> I shouldn't say really because my mum's in health and safety. <laughs> <laughs> but that is probably what would happen. But it was just, it was fantastic. Oh, and yeah, I'll tell cool. you what, to underline to a bunch of journalists the attitude change of a factory. Yeah. It was a great way of doing it because suddenly it was like being a kid and you're going, Jesus! This is and, so cool! And yeah. these bikes are like, coming straight through and wheeling out the other side. And not, not a slow wheelie, these are like a third gear full <laughs> on, yeah, we can wheelie. Can you imagine if they were like, so what are you doing today, darling, at work? Well, uh, I'm going to a derelict warehouse to wheelie uh, an MT through a room full of people. <laughs> okay, oh, okay, have a yeah, good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't crash, will you? Well, I can't promise that, love. <laughs> Let but, me know what time you'll be home. Oh, man, it was, it was great. And... No, that is cool. Although what is quite funny was, Sean, um, he was on the Yamaha Tristy launch, and he was the project leader for the Yamaha yeah, Tristy yeah, too, yeah. which is obviously their three-wheeled 125 scooter. <laughs> you imagine being working on the MT09 and then being like, "Oh yeah, onto the three wheeler now." Well, and and Andy was out on the XJR R1 yeah. launch in Australia. Wow. I mean, Sean just basically spends all this time partying. He's <laughs> yeah. a cool lad, but uh, he was out on that, <coughs> and we were like, uh, "So the XJR, Sean, um, what was the thinking behind that?" And he was just like, "It's cool." Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's all we really yeah. needed. Thanks, mate. And he was riding around. I promise you, this was the weird thing. Because we do our test rides and, you know, it's like you stop somewhere and you sort of meet up with the factory people because they, they do like a little short run to the next point yeah. and we're doing a 40, you do a 40 mile wobbly yeah. loop that brings you back around. And we turned up and Shun's there on the next day he just wanted to watch us ride, which was pretty cool. And he turns up in like this thin fashion denim <laughs> workshop type outfit with a, a peapot lid and glasses he won the cool stacks we're there in our like really cool riding kit for the photos and our painted lids yeah. and we're like hey check us out we're professional riders yeah. and Shun turns up in this stuff that looks like he's thrown on and out and yeah. cools us all so it's dead nice that sort of stuff and I think that I was that... going to say I was whenever I see people on because I went <laughs> I had on that most guzzy launch I obviously wore the, the attire that I thought was suitable for yes. a cruising machine yeah. And then you look at the people from the factory and just think, oh, I wish I was that cool. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I've not got a face for an open-faced helmet. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, don't, don't, be, don't be hard on yourself. Because no, everybody think, looks like that when they're in the mile an hour with the face pulled back. <laughs> a full-face full helmet with a dark visor is probably the best medicine for me. I used to do a beautiful one called an SZ Ram. I don't know if they still do that. It was, a, like a, it, was the, it was the one that they're wearing in Pulp Fiction. You know where the crazy 88 are out riding a... I'm going to admit something that will probably make you hate me. I've don't, never seen don't, that don't. Oh, sorry. No, not Pulp Fiction. What am I saying? Kill Bill. Sorry, Kill Bill. I've never seen that either. Oh, you lent me the DVD though, didn't you? I lent you both DVDs. Must find those. <laughs> I know where they are. Do you really? Mm. Yeah, I do. I've got an idea. Uh, They're good. in my house. Yeah. Well, that's all right then. Why don't you uh, watch them and educate yourself? I know. You gave me them and I was like, I watched them this weekend. No. You haven't watched them? No. no. I've not read that book you gave me either. Oh, the Charlie Brooker book? Yeah. I've read a bit of it, but you said it was one of those that you could pick up. No, don't. Okay, I thought you were going to say something else. Then. I was going to, don't say what I said about it. It's a brilliant book. It is a good book. Charlie I've, Brooker's Guardian Columns. I've really enjoyed it so far. What, with the one page that you've read? No, I've read, like, about that much. 
what what's that 20 pages or no so? more than 20 oh, pages okay. anyway charlie brooker if uh, again if you're listening if you're still with us hi thanks for staying with us appreciate your longevity <laughs> but my mum listen now. Go, yeah <laughs> hiya um i love the whatsapp singing by the way um do the uh, Go and check out Charlie Brooker if you don't know who he is. He's just brilliant. He's it's one of the so best funny. writers ever. He's so funny and brilliant. Yeah. He does a TV program in the UK called Screen Wipe, and he, he writes uh, like some real noir type drama. Um, <laughs> noir. <laughs> noir. What I what? What's just because you're you dropping a bit of French in. <laughs> it's a term for a style of drama, which of is dark. Noir. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you say dark? Because <laughs> you don't call it dark, you call it noir. <laughs> I'm sorry, listener. I dragged myself up from the gutter to, to have some education. Oh. Madam here seems to find that hilarious. Oh, a bit of noir drama. <laughs> Finished? It's a very other mode. <laughs> Finished, have you? Oh, she does it. She nails me. I did French at GCSE, German at A level. Really? You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that why you used to work for BMW? Uh, You did the German. (laughs) No, no. Ooh. Come on, have I stopped now? Have I I stopped you? Have I I stopped you laughing? I I used too much of my energy on that. Shall I tell the Neil Hodgson story? No. Okay. Right, no, we're going to draw it to an end there. Oh and, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that on the next one, I'm going to tell the Neil Hodgson story. Yeah, but yeah, I think you should clarify because that sounds really... No, I'm going to stop right there. Suffice to say, we were at a race and Neil Hodgson was there and I have never laughed so much at a race in my life. And it was all down the car. It was a classic No, 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 no. You can't tell anybody anything now. Because we'll do it in the next one. Right, yeah, so, no, no, no. But that has stayed between, that's just stayed between, like, a handful of people yes. for about five, six years. Mostly it's between you, <coughs> me, Neil Hodgson, James Whitten, and James Hayden. And only because I ran back into the room to say to James Whitten, James Hayden, you'll never guess what Carly's just done. Oh, dear. So now everyone's going to hear it next time. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. You brought it, taking the mickey out of noir. (laughs) (laughs) Noir. Well. It's a legitimate term. Anyway, let's draw it to an end, let's draw it to an end, because we've got the TT coming up um, uh, and a GSX (coughs) to go and play on. (coughs) Because of the movements of the TT, I go next week. Uh, The podcast might be a bit later than usual. I'll try and do some interviews while I'm out at the TT. Not the usual, oh, well, you came third in the race, how was that? I'm going to try and find out some dirt on people while I'm out yeah. there. Because there's all sorts of parties and stuff going on in the TT as well. I might not find anything, but uh, I, I, I'll try and give you a bit of a flavour of the TT on the different podcasts without Carly. But when we come back with them on the podcast then. So, Carl's, come on, you've got some housekeeping yeah. to do, the usual sort of stuff, so... Go on, girl. Knock it out of the phone. So, if you want to have a read of the reviews that we've talked about for Motor Guzzi and other models, if you check out the website, which is morebikes.co.uk. UK. Tony, <laughs> join an in for? Yeah, because, have you seen that bit in, like in, the, in, the, in, in the Dark Knight where Joker gets that, that newsreader to read out the stuff? Oh, yeah. And he's saying the last word. Doing? Yeah, yeah. Right, don't yeah. do that. Do that. Um, <laughs> Come on. Uh, when are you people going to get in the game? Game, huh? Right. 
Right. Right. So, um, Tony's hard at work with the More Bikes Weekly app, which app. will be available today. Yes, uh, today. Well, when people are going to... When, when so it'll be available now, when people are listening. Well, don't have to say so This podcast will be on that app. Oh, this podcast will be on the app, so well done for that, <laughs> Uh, the newsletter will be coming out this week. Yep. Full of the top stories for this week. Yep. Follow us on Twitter at Even More Bikes um, for some gossip from behind the scenes. And check us out on Facebook, Motor Space Cycle Space Monthly. And of course, pick up the paper when you can. Nice one. Have I remembered everything? I think so. Paper is free. We should just say that in case people aren't aware of it. Yeah. Go to your local blank dealer, they should have it. If they don't, they can get it. And it won't cost them anything. So if they don't have it and you don't see this free paper that we put together every month called Motorcycle Monthly, just hassle them and they can give it in. Or you can subscribe, can't you? You can and subscribe. You postage only. Yeah, it sounds a bit weird because it's a free paper, but you subscribe just to cover the postage. And it gets sent to your, uh, well, whatever address you want to give us. It can say home, but you can have it sent to your work or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's just the price of postage. And it's completely free, um, full of good stories, uh, full of good things to do, lots of events going on, etc. Uh, basically, it adds to your motorcycle life. Have you mentioned it's free? I'm not sure. Did I say free? It is free, by the way. As in, it free. costs nothing. Well, I'm just saying, there's so little in this world that is genuinely free, and we are free. Yeah. You know, so if you're into bikes, go and get it. You know, And once you've read it, it makes good bedding for the hamster cage, I guess. Although, uh, that guy that covered the inside of his garage with the papers, yeah. that looked wicked. That looked very good. We must put that up on the Facebook page, actually. Well, will you do that after we finish this podcast? Yeah, I'll do that. So, check out the Facebook page to see a guy who has covered the inside of his garage with uh, old issues and makes like a monthly. Yeah. Genius idea, and it looks really cool. It does look cool. It looks quite good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I won't be doing that. <laughs> Why should I've got a garage? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> essentially. I think you should do it in your bedroom or your lounge. That's going to look weird, isn't it? Hello, yeah, no, go, go straight through to the lounge. You sit there while you're leaving because you're in that quite frankly. Your house is covered with pictures of you <laughs> on those bikes. Do you know there's not one picture of me in my place? Look at this face, you wouldn't want a picture of this, would you? Oh. Anyway, right. let's leave it there before we get into the depths of noir. Uh, so. Goodbye from me. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll we'll be back with some TT stuff on the next one, and we'll tell the Neil Hodgson story in full. Um, so we can't <laughs> we can't forget that because it's a very good story. I hope we do forget it, and I'll um, be recovered the next time. Nice one. All right then. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.